Welcome to the 6 Minute Abs podcast. My name is Abby, aka 6 Minute Abs, and I will be your host along this fitness and wellness journey. Join me as I share the ups and downs of my personal wellness ride and shed light on some exciting, adventurous, and at times outrageous health topics. The show does not intend to offer any medical advice. I only aim to provide entertainment and to inform. You should always consult a registered doctor before beginning any treatment or on any topic that concerns your physical and mental health and well-being. Furthermore, you will not achieve a full set of abs in six minutes. Believe me, I've tried. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 6-Minute Abs podcast. And with me today, I have a very, very special guest. She is not only very accomplished, however, she's also my family. So everybody say hello to Leslie Dengler, my sister-in-law. And Les, you can say hi to. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, so Les is an OT and we're going to be chatting now about how um, occupational therapy, therapy, therapy um, is doing over COVID-19 and just get to know what Les does. So, Lily, without wasting any more time... Could we jump straight into it? And could you tell me a bit more about what an OT actually is? Yes. So occupational therapists um, work with um, people mostly. And we, we study the, um, the activity that people do. So human activity. Um, and if you think about all of us, we do many things. We look after us, our, our bodies by cleaning and washing and dressing and eating but we'll also go to work and we also look after our children if we've got children and we also have a social lives so um human beings lives are full of different activities and an occupational therapist will study that but also what can we do to help people when they are unable to do the daily activities of their lives and i think that's why occupational therapy is so broad because if you think about a baby or a child, their activities are so different to someone who's old. Um, and so that's why occupational therapy is such a broad and full of variety profession. Okay, because a lot of people when they hear OT or occupational therapy, me included, I just personally think of um, you helping someone regain their muscle ability or, you know, their movement that they don't have. Yes. Exactly. And I think that is part of it. But with an what, what really makes an occupational therapist stand out um, compared to other professions is that we work with the activity of people. Um, and, and so it must always relate to how does this exercise or um, program help that person get back to their daily lives um, and the activities that they're required to do oh okay that's great yeah okay so then knowing that why uh what made you choose to go into ot well i didn't even know occupational therapy existed when i was at school and it was only when i started going it sounds like me with um, what i do yeah <laughs> started when I started to go to all the universities and um, to look at the, um, the, the what they were offering and I went to the occupational therapy presentation and it sort of just clicked with me it ticked all the boxes um, so uh, it was helping people there was a creative um, side to it and um, and so just when I saw it it was like 
this is what I'd like to do. But I didn't get in the first round. Um, they only phoned me a month later to say that I had gotten in. So, um, you know, I was very fortunate to actually have landed with that opportunity. Oh, nice. Okay, so as an OT, you have to have a, a certain bedside manner, do you not? You have to be quite nice to people. <laughs> yeah. I think it does help. Um, we, in occupational therapy, call it our therapeutic self. Okay. So the relationship that an occupational therapist has with their clients is very important and very powerful. It must be enabling um, and not be something that is disabling, I think. So um, I th occupational therapy, it is good, but I think it's also a skill that you develop. I, don't, I think as you, you grow and mature as a person, then it's not like you either have it or you don't. Okay. I think um, you can develop it. Okay. Yeah. So, for example, someone with no people skills like myself, um, I could be an OT if I wanted to over time. <laughs> and listen to her. Excuse me. She's got wonderful people skills. <laughs> and, but the thing with occupational therapy also is um, that there's lots of OTs that don't have to work with people. So I know there's a, a, a large element of it is working with people, but lots of um, occupational therapists uh, do insurance work or oh, wow. um, just assess. So they don't have to have long-term relationships with their clients. They sort of just do one sort of um, assessment. And, and so it's a, different, a completely different kind of occupational therapy. Um, and that's what's so lovely about the variety of this profession is that there, there actually is a lot of different um, elements to it and it can suit a lot of different kinds of people. Okay, so which which side are you in then? Um, um, so I work with uh, pediatrics or with children, okay. but I've only been working um, with that in that profession for, for the last 10 years. And so before that, I've worked in many other settings. I've worked in um, sort of outreach community work where I was going from village to village, helping in clinics and that sort of um, work. I've worked in hospitals before. I've worked in frail care centers. I've worked um, in, in psychiatric units. So there's a really a huge scope for this profession. Oh, okay. So that kind of makes my next question a little bit more challenging for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it is, what type of person would typically need an OT? And apparently everybody. <laughs> yes, everybody needs an OT. <laughs> no. Well, you see, we all, <laughs> we all do things um, differently. Like, I mean, some people don't, will we'll need a lot less sleep than others. Some people need a lot of sleep. Some people will um, love to work a lot more than others. So we, lots, a lot of people will spend a lot more time on what they look like in the morning. So how they long they take to do their hair or to put on their makeup, because that's important for them. And some people um, will just quickly pull on some clothes and run out the door. So all of us are different and how we do the activities of our life is different. Um, mm. And so what is normal for one person is not always normal for another. But the important thing with occupational therapy is if you cannot fulfill or do the things that you would normally have been able to do or want to do or 
the things that bring you great satisfaction in life. If you can't do that, then we, we, we say that you are being, you're not functioning in your life. Okay. And so that's where occupational therapy will come in. Now, that's a bit of a broad look at it. But if we had to look at like conditions, like somebody who's been in a car accident and have a spinal cord injury, okay, because they can't use their arms and legs anymore, they are unable to actually get dressed in the morning, eat, prepare mm. a meal for their family, um, go to work, look after their children. And so the occupational therapist would come in as a rehabilitation therapist and help them okay. to improve their ability to do those activities or think of different ways of doing those activities that will make that person be able to fill the roles in their life to be the best mother in that situation or to be the best um, a child or what, so how can you fulfill the role? Um, another, like if you had a psychiatric illness and um, mm. you uh, weren't able to cope with the stress of a situation well, um, how does that affect your ability to do the activities in your life? Okay. If you think about children, uh, you get um, children with cerebral palsy they've had brain injury um, and they aren't able to move around as much as they would a normal child would um, how does that affect the activities that they would be expected to do and how can an occupational therapist change um, the activity or help them improve their ability in the, the activities that they need in their life yeah to do Okay. Does that make a bit more sense or should yes. I pack it a bit more? No, no, that that's that totally makes sense. Um Okay. <laughs> this is James. So okay, so like we've discussed, there's quite a, a, a narrow view on what OT is. Um so yes. for example, when I was a kid I went I saw an occupational therapist because I had yes. bad muscle development. So now what I have heard and whenever I hear people talking about OT is I generally hear it being associated with children. So would you say yes. that children make up the majority of an OT's client base? And if so, why? Well, you see, occupational, I think it is. I think there's a lot of occupational therapists working in the pediatric field with children. I think a lot of OTs go into the profession wanting to work with children. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the kind of okay. the attraction. But um, I also, I think also we're not so aware also of the other, other areas of occupational therapy yes. as well. And that we don't actually see that it's maybe half-half um, of OTs in other areas. Mm -hmm. the, but, but the thing with pediatric OT, in my view, is that there's been a lot of research and development in that area. Because people are more aware of occupational therapists working with children. And so that, that area of occupational therapy is really developed and, um, and has a lot of organization. Not to say, hey, I must get in trouble here, but to say that the other areas don't. Yes, <laughs> but yes. There's a lot, there's a lot of, of development in, in pediatrics. And so you have children, OTs in schools and OTs working in children's hospitals and OTs. Yeah, so it is a big area, but it's not the only area. Yeah, hmm. yeah I was today years old when I found out that speech therapists actually treat things like eating disorders in kids so it's interesting to see that 
occupational therapists are somewhat the same. You know, you think that you know what you guys do, but meanwhile, there's X amount of different branches going into your field. I think I feel the same way about your profession, Abs. <laughs> the web is a vast place, Liz. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That's a good analogy, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So now that we're talking about, um, I brought up the speech therapist and whatnot, could you tell me what the difference is between an OT and um, an, a physical therapist? Because don't you guys basically help rehabilitate people in the same way? Yes, exactly. So um, like a speech therapist, I just want to go back with that quickly to leading to the next one. Like a speech therapist and an occupational therapist will often work together um, for with children with learning difficulties at okay. schools, a, a, a physiotherapist or a physical therapist will, will often work with an occupational therapist um, in a rehabilitation sort of setting. Okay. So where they um, uh, sort of neuro rehabilitation with people with strokes, people um, in car accidents. Um, hand injuries so those sorts of areas occupational therapists and physical therapists work together often they're in the same team like a medical team okay. but um the, the occupational therapist like we said works on function mm. so we'll be we'll always relate uh, what we're doing to a goal of what will this activity help the person do at the end of the day um brush their teeth get their clothes on, um, go back to work. And so we have, we will focus a lot on, on that aspect of it, where a physical therapist will focus on the muscle strength and work on a spe specific range of movement. So they're really working on the body and the, um, the movement of the body and the, the nervous system of the body, but us too, but we have a different um, frame of reference a different approach to it and they actually work really nicely together so we mustn't think of OTs and physios I think we also think of one or the other yeah um, in that they they actually work complementary because the physical therapist will get the body ready um, so that the OT can help that person train in a specific um, activity does that make sense yes yeah I know that that does make a lot of sense Okay, so they almost teamwork. They they differ. They are quite different, but we are. That's a good a good. I've worked with many physiotherapists before, and it's a good partnership. Okay, so as a pediatric OT, um, what is your what's your opinion on how how a parent would pick up on knowing that their child is in need of an OT or in need of occupational therapy? Um. So that's a good question because I think um, you, we, you as a parent know your child, um, but sometimes you go, you'll go, they'll go to school and then you'll get news that maybe your child will benefit from occupational therapist or, and it's normally if your child is unable, is having difficulty doing activities that are normally required of them in the school setup or any setup, social setup. So if you you see your child's not really been able to complete their work at school at an adequate rate, mm. um, 
or they are having difficulty focusing their attention or they are having difficulty making friends at, at school um, or they're really fearful or anxious of going to school. Um, you know, so can they function in what they need to do? Because um, the thing is that we all do things differently. And, mm -hmm. and if your child is able to function and able to do what they're meant to do, but in a bit of a different way, that's okay. Yeah. But if they are, are battling, then um, an occupational therapist might be the person that could help. Okay. So with regards to children battling in school and such, would you then help kids, because this is quite a big thing nowadays, would you help a child with ADD or ADHD? Yes. Um, so um, ADD and ADHD are sort of medical conditions. Yeah. And, and often medication can help. But there is a lot of functional things that are as a result of ADA, ADD or ADHD. Um, and so often learning the, um, the skill of listening or, um, or following instructions correctly or are things that an occupational therapist can help with. Um, alternative ways of maybe calming a person's system down, like um, not yeah, using heavy work activities and running and, and um, bicycle riding. Those, those sorts of suggestions occupational therapists can use to help um, a child cope with their, their situation. So we don't want to, um, an occupational therapist will actually be able to help those children with those kinds of conditions too. Okay, that's great. Because I feel like everybody's got ADD nowadays, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> but you know, it's a bit hectic. We've got to be careful of, um, um, there's been uh, here that uh, our, our lifestyle also, I think, has a lot to do with our, the, the outcomes of our lifestyle. So if you are um, spending a lot of time watching television and not getting a, a lot of activity as a young child or it will have an impact on our attention spans. And so we have that, the consequences of, of, of being overexposed to um, visual um, modalities like television and computers. Yeah. So, yeah, we really need to be aware of that with our children. Okay, so maybe children don't have ADD. They've got situational ADD. Yeah, so we can't just label everything as one one answer for everything. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Not one fit hat. One fit hat, one hat fits yes. all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can tell it's Friday and I need a weekend. <laughs> Yes, and we've had a week of remote learning here. So. <laughs> nice. So with that, with this whole remote thing going on right now, how has COVID-19 yeah. affected you as an OT and affected your practice? Okay, so we are in level four at the moment of our um, of the, the COVID um, plan. And so we um, occupational therapists are permitted to practice. Um, because we are one of the permitted um, uh, professions, but we, um, because I work at a school, I'm unable to really open my practice at the moment because the schools haven't returned. Okay. So we busy. We've started the most exciting thing now of telehealth, um, teletherapy. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 
which is um, occupational therapy over a platform like this, really, mm. over, over um, Zoom or Skype or um, Google Classroom. And um, it's about uh, providing uh, a child with um, exercises or activities or like you do when we are, we, we're face to face with them, but in their, their own home. So we've chosen to go this way because it's safer currently for the children. Mm. Um, and it's a new way of doing things um, and overseas that they've been doing it as well. Yeah. And it's exciting, but it's also, it poses its challenges. Yeah. Can you um, imagine? In that we, we're not always able to do the things that we were able to do when we could see the children face to face, but um, it's better than not having any assistance and it's been exciting mm. and challenging. <laughs> okay. So obviously with teletherapy, you'd have to ask your kids or the, the parents of the kids that you help out what like toys they have available to help and so on and so yeah. forth. Okay. Exactly. Well done, Abs. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we had we we have to like send a list I'd send a list out of like, do you have buttons at home? Do you mm. have sticky tape or press stick? Do you have scissors? Do you have match boxes? And and so we use those sorts of um articles that the person might have in their home okay. um, to to work because in OT we use a lot of games in our practices we use a lot of fine motor craft activities and mm. um, those are not always available at home so we've got to really get out those creative OT heads and and make activities that with what we've got to what the children have got at home okay also quite for the children to now get used to having occupational therapy over over a platform like this also takes a bit of getting used to How can you mention <laughs> for them yeah. yeah but it's it's um they they are resilient and adaptable and they are are doing it so that's good do you as as a professional do you think that this um for instance, teletherapy and um, classroom, Google Classroom learning and such. Do you think it's having an effect on kids? Do you think they are able to actually perform as good as they, they would in a classroom? Um, I think it's challenging different um, areas of the child. I think it requires a lot more focus. I can't do a, the same amount of work with a child in teletherapy as if I would done with them face to face. Um, it, take, it requires a different kind of focus. Um, and, but I think it's also challenging the children, especially the older ones on organizational skills, yeah. um, able to be more independent because there's a lot more required of them um, on this platform than in a classroom where there's more physical cues, more um, visual cues, um, and they don't have that on, on, on the teletherapy kind of platform. But they are adaptable, and I think they're doing much better than some of us are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I completely hear you. So when you are able to open your, um, your actual physical practice again, that, that's going to be implemented when? In stage three here in South Africa. I think somewhere there. Well, okay, no, well, I mean, yeah, the, the school's going back. Sorry, Liz. 
Yeah, I think, well, it depends. I think it's sort of going to run independently from the levels in my oh, understanding okay. of it. Because schools will have set dates when they can go back. Yes. Because yeah. the levels will also be able to go up and down according to, this is me, but according to the provinces, as oh, some right. provinces will be on different levels depending on the, on the, the infection rate. And, yeah. But um, when we go back, when I can open, and even occupational therapists now, there are a string of regulations that have to be in place before they can open up their practices. Okay. So children need to be able to be screened um, for COVID before they go walk into your practice. So you'll have to have a, a, um, a thermometer, okay. a temperature gauge, the, the, the ones that infrared ones. Yeah, yeah. You'd need to be able to... to Make sure that that child is healthy. You also can't see children that are vulnerable. So children who have respiratory um, okay. uh, conditions or who live with their grandparents, anyone who will be able to affect in other children or older people especially. Mm. Um, we also need to wear masks. Therapists and children must wear masks at all times. And your sessions will need to be um, further apart because in between each session, you need to sanitize and wash okay, your room. Yeah, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, so that anything that child touched would be removed and cleaned um, mm. with special sanitizers. And you need to have, you need to try and keep your distance, which is quite a challenge with occupational therapy yeah. because it's quite a hands-on sort of profession in pediatrics. Um, and so to keep, yeah, you're going to really have to work hard at um, thinking of activities where you can really keep your distance. And you've got to remove all material from your practice because material is oh very word. difficult to clean. So, no, we use a lot of, um, I don't know if you know, occupational therapy, um, pediatric has a lot of um, slings and yes, spandex yeah. bags and cushions and, and so we can have none of that in our room oh my um and so yeah so there's a lot of change and a lot of regulations but the government and the, the occupational therapy associations are putting in a lot of work of making all these guidelines available um so yeah i think it'll be okay in the end oh okay well that's good then so everything is going to yes. change for a brief period and then go back to normal <laughs> Yes, exactly. You see, and if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Yes, no, definitely. So, on a lighter note, and to wrap things up, um, yes, I know that you're a mom to two beautiful little kiddos, and so do you <laughs> have any um, kind of, do you have any coping mechanisms that other moms can use during COVID to keep their children stimulated and not go crazy? Yes. Okay. So. I think, first of all, there's a lot of, and I, we've got it from a lot of areas, but there's a lot of concern for children and how the children are feeling and how they are coping with the COVID. And I think it is, it's good to be aware of our children and to talk to them about COVID and, um, and what, it, 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 what they should be doing to prevent the spread of it. But I also think we, we need to remember that children are very resilient and they are probably coping better with the whole situation than we are. Like I think about my children and I will talk about COVID with them and they'll be like, oh, 
okay, that's fine. And then they'll go off and play. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and for them to let them be children is also okay. You yeah. know, that they're not going to maybe have these deep adult feelings about it or, or be so worried or anxious about it. Now, I'm talking about my own children, so I know that their children are different and will have a different response. But I think we also mustn't put our adult feelings onto what we think our children are going to experience. Mm. Um, children are, are very adaptable and... Um, it, 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 I think to let them play and to bring in fun and to bring in creativity with them. Play with them in the garden if you've got a garden. If you don't, make a treasure hunt in your in your living room. Um, yeah. You know, build build a, a, a castle out of your pillows. Every pillow in your house that you can find and crash into <laughs> it. Have fun with them because we actually are able to spend more time now with our children than we probably ever have had before. And it's yeah. really precious time. So just enjoy it and um, just see how precious they really are. Um, so that's what I would be. They need you. Your okay. children need you. That's actually what they need. They don't need any fancy program or anything. They, they want you to spend time with them. So grab the opportunity, put your stress and worry aside and um, just have fun with them. And that's what's going to get them through. Okay. Nice. So this was a nice little Mother's Day episode with Les the mom and Les the OT. Um, also, guys, I haven't mentioned this at the beginning. However, Leslie is based in White River. So if you need an OT in White River, where can people find you, Les? Um, at, uh, I work at, uh, at Penryn College um, in White River, yeah. I mean, in between Nelspreet and White River. Okay, so you heard the lady, Penryn College. But yes, that's all from <laughs> 6 Minute Abs this week. And thanks, guys, for listening. And bye. <laughs> <laughs>